the conversations you'll all miss. Welcome, everyone, to a very special HIAC Talk Radio for the first time in a long two weeks in a row. Because this week, right now, as you can see live, we have a special guest. And you're saying, why? Why is Foxy on the wrestling show? For those who don't know, we're going to explain that very soon. Foxy Foxy is here for a very special interview and a very special announcement. And, of course, the professor of all that is wrestling, Craig Laganz, is here. Welcome, all. We will tell you where to follow us on social media later. I know our viewers are not wearing pants, and they think I look hot bald. There's so much you've missed that we don't have time to get into, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to announce, if those who don't know, on Saturday night, April 16th, at the old New Moon Rising Stomping Grounds, which is now called Skid Row, Skid Row Academy at 1030 Delcy Drive, Westville, Unit 4. You didn't know that, Foxy? No, I wasn't around oh, yeah. for the New Moon Rising days, Damien was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Damien, who stuck his P- my PKE meter down his pants for an angle. <laughs> which uh, I never never got rid of it. It's still in a box somewhere because it was in his pant in his in his wrestling tights. <laughs> um, but it was at New Moon Rising Wrestling. But this Saturday night, Moon Moon Rising Rising is long gone. Skid Row Academy is there. IWA Pro Wrestling has a show April sixteenth at seven thirty. That's when the bell rings. So if you're missing by seven thirty and you're not there, you're going to miss all this. Blackout's going to be there, but. My very, my, our very good friend, the main attraction, the main event in our hearts, Foxy Foxy is making her return to wrestling. She never say, she never said never, but never say never. Foxy Foxy is here. Foxy, are, are, are you excited? Do you still have, are are the jitters still, you got any jitters or is this like uh, putting on a, getting on a bike and riding? Honestly, it's like putting on a bike and riding it. I'm not there. Nervous. You go. It's I'm, like I'm putting on a bike yeah. or anything. Uh, I, I mean, I I don't when I say this, it's not in a bad way. It's like I'm not excited yet either. But I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like I'm sure it'll all like hit just beforehand. Because mm-hmm. right now it's just like, yeah, I'm doing a show. Right. Yeah, that, whatever. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's great though. I but know how it, you meant it. You're like, I'm a yeah. wrestler. I mean, I'm, I'm here, you know. But it's your yeah. first it's your first one in how long? Twelve years. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it's it may be like putting on a bike, but you haven't put on a bike in twelve years. And that was children and husband ago. So um oh. this is huge. That's true. That's true. I'm not going to make it any bigger than it is. I mean, you already know. Yeah. As we get closer to the date, I'm sure it'll start. Yeah. So I understand how not being nervous or not having, not, you know, it hasn't yeah. yet, but you're stepping back into the realm that made you the woman we've all come to know and have crushes on. Um, <laughs> is there any, do you have any rituals? Did, did you have rituals when you would, when you, this was a regular thing and, Will that will you do go back into that? Um, uh, yeah. In the ring, yeah. Uh, the and, the biggest ritual that I had, I, I Damien had it as well. Was uh, we never eat the day of a show? Okay. Ever. So of course that's already into play. But usually my thing was the week leading up to a show, mm-hmm. I would go full on fruits, vegetables only, and 
I'm doing that again this week. And while it shouldn't bother me so much because I was vegan for a good two years pre-pandemic, like now it's bothering me. (laughs) I just, I just (laughs) want like food. My food palette's already limited because I have to be Mm gluten-free. So it's like, oh, just can I have some cheese? (laughs) Cheese. Yeah. No, go ahead, Craig. Craig, go ahead. I you take the no. reins, man. Yeah, uh, no. Well, you, know, you guys, you've known her longer than me. You actually had the honor of seeing her in the, the ring before. I've only had to go through YouTube. Actually, I have. That. I have. I have questions. Yes, I have. You have. I've been to a JCW show. Oh <laughs> no, shit. Yeah. I, yeah I, no, we talked about this. One of the it was off air. One of the first episodes we did with you mm-hmm. once we started to know each other. Um, off air, I was like, oh yeah, no, I remember you. I, I vaguely remember, but I remember you. I was at that show. You mentioned something specifically. I was like, oh yeah, I was there. I've been to a couple, eh, two, two, the original JCW. I've been up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I can't, you know, but, um, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, so <laughs> I can't tell you specifics, but no, I've been, I've been up there. It's wow. The fact that the last time I was in New, the fact the last time I was in that part of Jersey, uh-huh. not going through to New York was probably for those shows. I haven't been up there since to well, stay. So yeah, which means I've been in the same uh, place as Danny and and you and and Damien yeah. and, and you know. No, I guess my my the reason I want why I wanted to get you on here is other than the fact that we're buds and we've been buds for a long time now. Yeah. Um, not, I'm not saying, uh, uh, take this ride with me. I'm not saying this to spark anything. I'm saying this for a reason. Something you said to us last time, uh, last week, two weeks ago at Nerd Herders really actually bothered me. Um, we're not going to get the specifics, but the reason why I wanted you back on here, because not only has it been years since we've talked about your career as a whole, and there's new listeners and a new platform, and there's all new kinds of things that we're doing before we weren't doing then, uh-huh. is because I want you to tell your story and how we got up to this point, because a lot has happened. And I know there's a book coming out, so I don't want in depth because I want you to sell the book and then sell the book. <laughs> but I wanted to give you a fair voice because, you know, I, I, in my opinion, it's a hell of a story considering why you left the business and who you're still married to and how that, cre- you know, how you guys met was all around wrestling and involved in wrestling. But I want you to talk more about you and tie that in with the book, because then when the book comes out, we can tease people again when the book comes out that there are stories here that we've talked mm-hmm. about before. But before we get to all that, that's my personal reason for getting here and that you're awesome. That's fine. Um, the Let's get this out of the way. I had the short answer, the long answer. Why are you coming back finally in 2022 to <laughs> Jersey wrestling? That I that's the story I want to hear because I've heard the short version. I love it, but I want to hear I want to hear it from you now. All right. Uh long version. Um because like like you mentioned, I never said never. You know. Um for a very long time I was very bitter with wrestling. And at that point, if you would ask me, I would have said a flat out no. <laughs> but 
in in writing uh, the the memoir of my independent wrestling days and coming to more at peace with everything that was that happened and why I left, you know, it was a thought, but in my head, it was a thought that was never going to happen. I wasn't going to return because I had uh, boundaries, I guess you could say. I wasn't going to just come and manage just anybody I didn't know. I didn't want to have to start over. You know, I would have made an exception to return if it was someone I knew, if it was going to be in a good environment that I'd be familiar with, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, a lot of people I knew at that point were gone or wrestling in other states. I'm like, it's not going to happen. And um, my buddy Cade, who I managed once in NYWC back in 2007, hit me up. Uh, this was when the pandemic was still going on, but we still didn't know how long it was going on. Uh, asked if I would like to manage him at, uh, I forgot what company, here in Jersey. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know, COVID, three kids, uh, probably not. So... Amber. So then I didn't hear anything about it since. And um, then my friend Kate hit me up again in March asking if I was, I would manage him again in a place, you know, for IWA, South Jersey. And I'm like, okay, I really got to think about this now. <laughs> so I messaged him back oh a few God. days later. I'm like, okay, here's my rules and guidelines. One, I'll do this one if it's consistently down in South Jersey because we're going to go old school and road trip down together. You're going to pass my town trying to get there, whatever, you know, uh, two, you got to make sure your fiance is cool with this because just days before I had gotten into a thing with one of my male best friends over his girlfriend's insecurities huh. and, I, and yeah. I was in. And, you know, I never had a problem when it came to managing anybody with their significant others because they all knew me. But again, this is 2022. His fiance doesn't know me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you need to make sure she's cool with this because I'm not about to either get between you guys or lose another friend, blah, blah, blah. She was fine with it. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> let's just do this then. And I was like, give me all your details. Give me your entrance music so I could practice a strut. What's the gimmick? What are we heel faces? Well, went down the whole spiel. Cause I'm like, dude, if I'm managing you, you're getting old school wrestling manager me. You're not just getting, yeah, I'll be at the show. No, we're, we're, we're doing this the right way. And here we are. <laughs> so when you say old school manager, you, mm -hmm. and this is only, going back and watching your your youtube clips and um they're just bits and pieces of your of your career mm -hmm. what does that entail for you because it, it's about the the entrance not just walking to the ring but getting in the ring once you're in the ring you get what's a foxy foxy old school entrance uh old school foxy foxy would be one we're we're road tripping together Okay. If I'm working with you, we're traveling because that way we can, you know, discuss what we may or may not do, you know, really bonds more to uh -huh. create a chemistry as well. Like, you know, we're friends. Yes, but we haven't we've only interacted on social media right. since 2007. So it's like it's a matter of getting in the car, playing music, really getting back into the feel of things. Mm -hmm. um, it's me matching my wrestler from gear 
to personality to really truly encompass like if i'm we're not going to be mismatched we're, we're a team that's right. how i always saw it whether i was managing you for just one night or if we were doing something long term like damon and i were there's mm. there is a connection and there should be no mistaking who i'm working with if we're not in the same vicinity gotcha. um it even goes down to stupid little things. Like I'll ask, do you have to use the bathroom? Do you need tanner? Do you want me to bring snacks? You know, like stupid little things like that. But you get the whole, yeah. whole thing with it all. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so this guy's incredibly lucky to have old school you, especially yes. because. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what? Because you're, you're, I'm guessing the last person you managed was uh, was your husband, and you guys have obviously have an innate chemistry mm -hmm. uh, together. So finding that chemistry with somebody else, especially someone you've never met, is that going to be a, a challenge for you? Is mm. that why you're going old school? Um, not entirely, because like I mean, I managed Cade. Um, like I said in 2007, it was only like one or two matches I was able to manage him before I left that company mm -hmm. at NYBC, but from what we were able to do, we did have a lot of fun together. And like, just being friends alone, I know will already add to a chemistry ringside. And he knows what I'm fully capable of mm -hmm. in the ring and ringside. So, I mean, there's not gonna be a doubt about that at least. It's just more a matter now of finding the placements of everything, you know, from stupid little things of matching his stride when he walks to just, okay, these are your key points in the match where I need to do this or be louder than this. And so I, there, I do think there will be chemistry mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of once I get there, getting past the nerves to do it. <laughs> Cause I know once everything hits, then it'll be a little different. Yeah. And being in front of a live crowd, that helps too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I ha I have no doubt that once that once you go past the curtain, it's like not oh, a problem. Yeah. I'm so actually looking forward to that part the most, not to cut you off, only because I like I was, I was I was telling this to Damien earlier in the week when we were doing a like a little photo session or whatever. Mm -hmm. The part that I am looking forward to when it comes to this is that I know I can do it and do it better than I used to because of my age, you know, like I'm more confident in myself, more confident in my body, uh, my own sexuality, because that is something that I have to bring forth as a manager mm -hmm. and just way more experienced. Whereas, you know, doing this from 18 years old to 25, mm -hmm. 26, it, it wasn't the same because I had to literally grow up from being a teenager doing woman things pretending to be a woman when i was just a kid not the same thing like i had to pretend to be a woman then i am one now and i know it's going to be 10 times better than what i did and it's just unfortunate when it comes to that because there's ageism when it comes to, I mean luckily people like making change are breaking that but it, it's still it's still there you know once you hit a certain age whatever you got to be young and gorgeous and virile and all that other shit but we don't hit those, yeah but we don't hit those peaks 
in ourselves really until we're much older. So I'm really looking forward to how me, how I'm going to be as Foxy now. Yeah, I think that's what the whole, I think we're all looking forward to that because not only for your return, but to see what now a, an actual woman that Foxy Fox, yeah. not, not pretending to be one, like mm -hmm. I did so many years. Um, <laughs> so now you get to, to do that. Um, the being a heel, did you like <laughs> your face light up mm. how much did you miss that so much <laughs> so much look i'm i'm friendly mm -hmm. and i can and i can be a people person but i am a massive introvert i don't know how to make friends i really i'm not good at small talk I get massive anxiety around crowds and people that I don't know. So being a heel is going to make it really easy. Yeah. Really easy. <laughs> Before we went on the air, I had a uh, taco. There was a, a taco party for uh, a Facebook friend of mine in South Philly. Um, and it was at seven. That's why I asked you, Dan, are we doing it at seven or eight? And you said eight. I said, okay, well, I have time to go down to this taco party in south philly and come back in time for the show and she's been a facebook friend of mine for for a while i never met her so i went down uh i grabbed some flowers and went to her place and rang the bell and said hi and how are you and said, come on in and we got tacos going and like that i gave her the flowers and this is justin and this is dan and this is good and i said okay thank you and as soon as everyone's back was turned mm -hmm. I, I, I told Justin, her friend, said, can you just tell Lori I left? And like, you're leaving, dude? Like, yep. Got to go. Don't know anyone here. Can't make small talk. I got stuff to do. Oh, I have a podcast in, in exactly one hour. I got there at 7. And it's like, well, now, man, wow, I really got to go. So I, I totally understand. And being, getting to be a, a character, especially a heel, where you're not talking to people or just, being that snotty to him is like part of your character. So lucky. So lucky. especially because for most of my career, I was the baby face. Like, yeah. And I mean, fun fact, a majority of the time before shows that had really, really big crowds, I had to take a Xanax. Really? Because Ooh. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal. Like, wow. so to be to be able to finally be a heel again and do this it's gonna make it so much easier so much easier <laughs> now where is um your better half going to be he coming with you to support you in this endeavor unfortunately no wow uh, yeah with with uh three boys mm -hmm. you know and my mom always offers to you know watch the kids but <laughs> that you that usually um gets uh -huh. <laughs> backhanded thrown at us later on in life yeah yeah don't so, ever do that again yeah so i try to keep the babysitting vouchers for when it's absolutely necessary so i have a question um will this is there a thought in the back of your mind that perhaps 
you're going to be doing this more often or is this a one-time deal or do you not know actually do you really not know yet you're feeling it out okay you're like the third person that's asked me that this week that's so funny yeah i can't imagine why foxy um right now as it stands um so long as this company is running once a month and is booking Cade once a month i will be working there with him um yeah. <laughs> if if another company that he works for is cool to bring me in, which I'm sure they would, because I've known the promoter my entire wrestling career, then I'll probably be doing that as well. And I know I'm gonna have to do like one or two things up in Long Island solely because I still have friends and fans up in that area, and they were asking. So it it's. It, it's not going to be something that I'm going to do every weekend. Like I'm gotcha. not going to go back to an every weekend schedule and I will not for nothing. I will say no to a booking. If I feel a, it's too much, B it's too far or C no, I want to spend time with my family. If you're saying that. you're available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And, and the only, you know, main crutch is I'm working with Kate. Right. Period. Like I am not interested in working with anybody else. You are making a new fan out of a good friend of mine named Dustin. Um, oh, really? Who loves your attitude and loves the story and is just blown Aww. away. But like, he doesn't know you from Adam, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, He's Adam just goes. blown away. Like, my God, her passion and her mind for this is blowing me away right now. Um, wow, we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> also, how many pork rolls for you to tell her this? Free, buddy. Um <laughs> So he also said something that made me chuckle because I'm like, you have no idea. I'm getting a very witchcraft vibe from her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, oh, sir. You would be Uh, accurate. You would be hundred percent accurate. And that is a shoot. And for those who don't know, Dustin, a shoot is wrestling slang for hundred percent real. Um, Fact. Fact. Absolute fact. Um, Which longer than I've been a wrestler. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you have been a witch longer than you've been a wrestler. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah Danny said, oh, he has no idea. <laughs> no, you're talking to a real-life witch, buddy. Yes. Not just the craft movie, real-life witch. Yep. Um, yes. My next question, and Craig, like I said, you can take it over anytime. I just want to bounce off the both of us. Um, not physically, although if you want to, that's fine, too. I'm just going to get tired real quick. Um. So my question is, and again, this is both talking about what we've talked about before you return and -hmm. covering things we've covered literally 10 years ago. Because for those who don't know, next week is our 10th anniversary. We've been doing this for 10 years. And next week we are going to, well, I'll tease that later. This is about Fox Foxy right now. Yeah. Um, But 10 years ago, I think we've interviewed you three or four times. And since Dean's left, we've interviewed separate from Nerd Herders two or three times with what was going on with speaking out and, mm-hmm. and the page all that incident. Yeah. The page incidents and people just being disrespectful. Pricks. Um, so a little bit more about you. When, when does Foxy first discover wrestling? What's your earliest wrestling memory? The early, Oh, the earliest wrestling memory. <laughs> WrestleMania seven. Wow. <laughs> Macho Man in the ring just lost his uh, 
loser leaves wrestling match against my ultimate warrior. Yeah, Jerry was beating him up. up. Mm -hmm. Miss Elizabeth was torn and she could no longer take it. So she ran to the ring and threw Sherry out of the ring and tried to hug the macho man, but he didn't know that it was her. He thought it was Sherry. So he pulled back to punch her and was like, oh my God, it's you. And she's like, hi, it's me. And they hugged. And I looked at my parents and I went, I want to be a wrestling manager. <laughs> I didn't cry. I didn't oh, do I nothing. Cried. I just went, I want to be a wrestling manager. <laughs> wow. That was it? Yes, that was it. Like, I watched it all prior yeah. to that. But the thing is, WrestleMania 7 was the first pay-per-view that we had watched. Okay. So that was the thing that completely stuck out of my mind. Like, I always loved Miss Elizabeth, Macho King, Macho Man. Roddy Piper was an all-time favorite. But the thing that stuck out to me the most was watching it. I don't want to say live because it wasn't. It was recorded the day before from a neighbor who lent us the VHS. And that was the first thing that I saw and remembered and looked at my parents and went, I want to do this. And they're like, ha, 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 you silly little bitch. So well, I want to applaud you for that, for, for that being your most vivid memory from WrestleMania seven, because yeah. I'm still trying to wash the image of a half white, half black Roddy Piper. And that's <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about that. Oh, that or the fact that they played a trick on him and he couldn't watch it off. Yeah, well, that was a trick on himself. He, he yeah, the, 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 the ultimate F you for that whole thing. <laughs> but that's, that's a great first memory um, yeah. of one of the, and that, um, and you, you made your dream come true. Yeah. To do that. That making the dream come true, though, wasn't because of uh, WWE, though, believe it or not. Um, over the course of those years, you know, you had other women come in, you had like Sunny and you had Sable and then there's scrappy old me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm never going to be able to be in wrestling if this is what they look like. No, like I was granted, I was only a teenager, but I'm like, I'm short, I'm chubby. I have brown mousy hair. Yeah, I'm never going to be that. So it kind of was like, nope, dead in the water. And then, and then my dad says, you gotta stay up late and watch ECW. It is so <laughs> Your dad <laughs> said that. Yes, he had a very he had a crazy schedule back then because he was a sanitation worker. Okay. So oh, he knew gotcha, I would stay gotcha. up late and watch rest. He knew I would stay up late and watch like MTV. So he's like, you gotta catch ECW. It's on the MSG channel, and there's blood and there's chairs. I'm like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. And I did, and it was like. Holy crap, I actually can be in wrestling. The, these girls are average looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they they're they're average. They're tangible people. I can I can be average and tangible. And it was with the women of ECW where I was like, okay, yeah, I still want to be a manager. I'm gonna be a manager. I'm gonna do this one day. So credit to both those moments. <laughs> yeah, and who would have thought ECW oh, would who would have thought ECW would have been a uh, uh, a starting inspiration for women? Yeah. I, I do, I do, and here's why. Why for all the well, I this is as a male, so take this with a grain of salt, please. Um, <laughs> at the time, the WWE Women's Division was yeah mm -hmm. practically non-existent. The WCW Women's Division was not was non-existent. Mm -hmm. And ECW, even though a lot of it was 
TNA, not Impact, there were women being featured on television. Where yeah. on the other two, the big, the, the big two, there's none mm-hmm. except Madu- Alundra Blaze and whatever jobber, and also uh, blanking on her name, the big name they brought in for Alundra. Bolacano, thank you. I blanked. I can see your face. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my god, this is a legend, and I can't remember her damn name. Forgive me, mm-hmm. folks. I'm tired. Okay. Um, and, and the ECW women, TNA, TNA, obviously aside, they were also being used in storylines. They were being yes. used to elevate these guys. They were getting in the ring with the guys or with each other. And even though most of it was fluff, they were still being featured. And yeah. it was just. It, it hit me in the core. I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. And I did it. And you did. I did yeah. it. <laughs> and let's not also let's also not forget that one of those women's in EC women's pluralize it just like Philly. One of those women that started ECW, Miss Congeniality, aka Lita. Yeah, right. So yep. no, I can totally see uh being older and not just going, look at those tits. As a man, as an older, a little more mature man, going, oh, I totally get it because at that point, there's no women on cable, on in wrestling, except here. And like Foxy said, they're being used every minute of every hour, almost. Yep. Even if they're just helping their man cheat, or if they're stepping in the ring with the other manager and having a a bloody cat fight in the middle of the ring, they're on mm-hmm. TV. Where versus. You had Sherry on WCW at that point. Who else do you have? Nobody. It, she was just Harlem Heat's girl. So, which is fine because Sherry is, yeah, Sherry, Sherry, sensational Sherry. That's fine. Maybe Luna. Luna. You also had Luna on, but that's it. Yeah. Um. So when did you decide I'm training? This is what I'm going to do. How do you train to be a manager versus just a wrestler? Do you do both? Okay. Uh, well, I had decided it that night with ECW, but like, I need to bring everybody back. We're in 2022 now and everything is at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. This was in 1997 right. and not everybody had internet access. Yeah, I know I didn't. So at that point, it's like, how the fuck do I find a school? Because I know people go to school for this. Like, how do I find a school? How do I find other wrestlers? Like, there was no way to contact anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, my dad ended up getting tickets for an ECPW show because at this point, you know, with Austin 316, like indie wrestling was starting to gain traction. And it was at the show where there was a flyer for their wrestling school in the big program that they had. (laughs) And I had called for, you know, questions in a meeting, which I had had with him with uh, Gino Caruso and my family. And after a lot of negotiating with, I'll keep my grades up and, you know, all that, because I was still in high school, uh, they agreed. And we signed the contract for me to start training on my 17th birthday. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, training as a manager versus training as a wrestler was, for me, no different because I still got in the ring and mm. trained as a wrestler for the cost of training as a manager mainly because i told you know i was like i want to i want to know how to bump i want to know how to do certain things because that's what the women at ecw do and i want to do what they do i don't want to just walk around the ring so i still got in the ring i learned how to bump take moves give moves and then for simulated matches at the end of our training sessions they would just give me points of okay 
uh, at this when this move hits, that's when it's your cue to do your manager spot, what, whatever it may be, whether it's getting up on the apron to distract or clip a leg. So, I mean, in essence, anyone that trained or wants to train as a manager should still train as a wrestler mm -hmm. so that they know their cues. Because if I didn't train as a wrestler, I wouldn't know exactly which move to look for to have my own personal spot ready. Like, it's so much more than just walking around a ring and, you know, taking a bump occasionally or distracting someone. Like, you know, you need to know these moves by name so you know when to make your cue happen. Because if you miss your cue, you make everybody look stupid, not just yourself. Got you. Now, so when you're, you're in the at ringside during a match, mm -hmm. you're not just, you're, you've got a lot going on because not only do you have to pay attention to what's going on in the ring and you have to be ready for your spot, you also have to be in character. So mm -hmm. you be yelling at the face, yelling at the referee, or even, and you also, you've got fans that hate you, that are yeah. trying to distract you mm -hmm. or calling you all sorts of terrible names yeah. that they would never call a woman <laughs> outside of a wrestling ring yeah it, it's like managing is a lot like driving a car where you have to pay attention to what's in front of you while simultaneously still looking in both review mirrors mm -hmm. and and the one that's on top which i forget what it's called that's also <laughs> a review mirror isn't it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know so you, you gotta pay and you know you gotta pay attention to your blind spots uh -huh. all while driving straight so it's very similar because as a manager, again, you got to pay attention to the match itself, your wrestler, the other wrestler, the positioning of the ref, uh, making sure you're in the correct position for what they're going to do, trying not to get in the way of fans or another manager. That's mm -hmm. like, it's a lot to take in and then remembering the spots that you got to do. It, it, it's a lot. It's managing is multitasking and a half. Yeah, that's why I'm I in all of you, and that's why managers have always been my favorite part of wrestling, and my favorite uh, people associated with wrestling were managers. You're doing what I've always wanted to do. I never wanted to be in the ring. I wanted to be Jim Cornette. I wanted to be Jimmy Hart. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be uh, a Gary Hart, just some guy that could just talk down to you, and while the guy behind me does all the heavy lifting. What were you going to say, Dan? I just wanted to read this comment, see the reaction. Boxy also never had to be prompted. As a manager, she knew where to be, when she needed to be, draw heat for her person, or even for who the person was working. Never missed a spot, never took from the match, added to it, even elevated the ref and the ref's importance in handling a manager. Highest compliment comparison is if Heenan was a woman, he would have been Foxy. Whoa. Wow. I think you know who that, you know, I think you, I think you know who that is. I've heard those before from several other people, especially as of late. It always surprises me, mostly because it, it's my husband aside, because, you know, we always talk constantly, but it almost feels like too little too late. Like, I wish these things were said to me while I was there because I had so little self-confidence and I always I was always my own worst critics and I was always why am I here what's the point of me being here you know so it's like I love hearing those I love to hear it it's nice everybody loves the compliment and knowing that 
so many say that is like really cool, but it's like, yo, <laughs> missed opportunity. <laughs> It'd been great if I knew that back yeah, then. Well, I mean, I myself so much to other people in other companies that, not in an ego way, that I knew that I was better than. And I yeah. would look at them and go, "Why the fuck are they getting these bookings? And I'm working a little shit show in front of five people." And like, I just, it would have been nice to hear those things back then. Well, I will say this: it's not too late now. Touche. Touché. And those people um, aren't in the business anymore. Ugh. Yeah, well, that's another thing. I just the <laughs> personal. Bad just, about saying that. Just the, yeah, don't feel bad about that. Ca- I don't want to seem catty. Like well, re- wrestling's full. No, no bullshit. Wrestling's full of terrible people that get what they deserve sometimes, and they got what they deserve. So you're you're working in 2022, and they're not. And I think that's I know some of the people. Catty. You're that's about. being honest. That's the truth. Just being honest. Yeah. I, just to personalize that, there are many people that we've crossed paths with on the very minuscule, basic level that we're at. And I'm still here. And they're still talking about me. Too shy. So, I'm, it's not, that's not catty. That, well, it's a little catty, it's, but it's also yeah. the goddamn truth. So it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So quote the great David Lee Roth, I'll keep on raining. I'll still be the parade. It'll be a slow fat parade, but it'll be a parade for me. I mean, um, by the way, the one of the greatest uh, plates of mozzarella sticks is a block and a half the other direction from where you are this weekend. So if you really want those after you really want cheese after this, uh, go there. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm just telling you, just literally leave, make a left, leave, go over that little bridge that goes over 295. You'll see the diner right as you get to the end of that bridge, that little tiny Dude. bridge. You'll be like, you'll be there. I can't even plot like my neck, my, my first meal. Text me when you're there. Day, well, because the next day is Easter. So, of yeah. course, we're going to be having Easter dinner. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. And I'm just like, awesome. Like, I, I really, like, honestly, I just want, like, right now, like, cheese or like a place, a plate of rice and beans. <laughs> Take them home and heat them up. Trust me, they keep. But no, Easter is the next driven day. Them to Virginia, I got to eat kibasi and I got to eat babka because that's the one holiday where the half Polish side of me actually celebrates. Madash says, I think Foxy is pretty badass. I may look up to her a little bit. Wait till that book comes out. You have, you still, and I mean this respectfully to you, Madash. Tip of the iceberg, baby. Tip of the iceberg. Oh, uh, some guy named Damien says it's because Foxy never politicked, wanted it yeah. on work and merit, uh, wanted it on work and merit. Unfortunately, politics has always played uh-huh. too heavily over actual knowledge and workability. 100%. That's why it's what true. you said is not bullshit or catty. It is what it is. Um, I don't want to fill in the blanks too much because, again, I wanted this to be a teaser for your return this weekend. Oh, that, that's fine. And I wanted it to be uh, no, no, we have Craig and I have covered more than I thought we would. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to not wrap it. You're welcome to stay for the historian segment I, if you like. I still have questions too. Never mind, Craig. Go ahead. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it, baby. Yeah. Well, you're my. Um, the the greatest. So, um, how does one? Do you get to pick who you want to manage, or is that something that someone else picks and decides? Well, I think you two should. You two would make a good pair, or do you have any say in that, or like who you would like to work with? Who you uh, would like to back back then? It was a little bit of both. 
Okay. Back in the day, especially at uh, ECPW, I was just put with people. Okay. Like whoever. And some of it was just horrible. <laughs> Others were amazing and became like, like instant great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I actually said I'm working with this person was right. with Damien because um, he was working at JCW at the moment solo. Mm-hmm. And I was flip-flopping back and forth with them with refing a show, then not refing a show, and just back and forth. And I really just wanted to manage. Like, I kept getting put in ref spots and, you know, wrestler spots, which I appreciated. i never ungrateful for those, but I'm like, I just want to manage. It's really that simple. <laughs> so, um, you know, Damien and I were discussing doing Disturbed Dreams and figuring out how to do it. So I finally emailed uh, Ricky O the Booker once, and I'm like, next show I'm managing Damien period that's it so that was the first time i made a request okay um after that it became like you know damien and i worked together for three ish four ish years and mm-hmm. once we uh split up disturbed dreams it was a little bit of who the promoters wanted me to work with and a little bit of my choice mm-hmm. because wrestlers were requesting me like um at NYWC, as we were about to split, it was um, Dan Barry and Ken Scampi that were like, we want her to manage Team Tremendous. Dan! I'm like, yeah. I'm like cool. <laughs> um, at a few shows that I got booked for for NWS, I didn't know who I was going to manage in advance. Turns out when I got there, they're like, okay, you're managing all the names. I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, so like, okay. I, I managed Greg DeVan of Hammer Valentine on one show. On another show, I managed uh, Danny Doring. Wow. And like at that time, who was that guy? I don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> but all right, I have to ask one <laughs> side question. Brown. I have to break my rule. How is Greg? As a as a when you met him, how was he? Quiet. Unless it, it, unless that's in your book, then don't. No, 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 I, no. Um, he was uh, he was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not a gimmick. He's just like that. Yeah, he's just very quiet. You know, he was very, okay, hi, you're my manager. Okay, cool. Here's what we're going to do. And he went, just go old school with it. I'm like, I got you. So, got what you. Was it, so what was it walking to the ring with Greg the Hammer Valentine? What was that? How do you manage him? Uh, because you're managed, because he had. Yeah. I mean, I mean he was, guy's he managed was the heel. By, yeah, he was the heel that night. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, ringside was relatively easy. Uh, NWS was very, very like family oriented, traditional old school. So, you know, it really wasn't hard to get heat from the crowd, but like, you know, walking with him, we just, we walked side by side, you know, argued with the ref a bit. I think I took the mic and did something. Did you hold the ropes open for him? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. I knew my shit. I did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just in awe of you uh, just anyway. But I mean, Greg, the, Greg Valentine has been managed by the Grand Wizard, by Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. by um, Gary Hart um, in, uh, in Georgia. Uh, I mean, he's had some of the and you're walking in the in the shoes of legendary managers. Mm-hmm. So that had to have been um just uh, amazing. And oh. I'm glad he treated you well. I'm glad. I'm just glad he wasn't dead. That's all. No, absolutely. Because if I'm right, mm-hmm. he was the first 
No, he was a second name that I managed. Okay. First being Gangrel with Damien and his tag partner at the time. But well, hey, well, I, would, I, would always, perfect. I would always work against the names, which is always fun in itself. Like I've worked against uh, like Bald Mahoney. I did a cat fight with Francine and, uh, you know, a bunch of others that I just can't remember at the moment. But I was always working against names. Mm-hmm. And most of them, most of them was just uh, an, an unfortunate case of, hey, Foxy, we have an open spot because we failed to book somebody. Do you want it? Gotcha. Factual. Fucking factual. Uh, Foxy totally forgot to uh, book an extra person in this little gauntlet match. Do you want the spot? Sure. Fox, uh, this person didn't show up. Um, do you want to fill the spot? Sure. i'm glad i'm first on your list you pricks (laughs) oh a lot a lot of my early career when it came to that was we we fucking fucked up we forgot to do this one of them was i went i went to a i did a a show down in wildwood and i went with my then boyfriend at the time and i was just going for the fun of it for the vacation fucking promoter goes we forgot to book a ring announcer fox you got your gear i'm like oh yes Yes, wow. I got my gear. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I just want to bring this up. Uh, Danny says Hyatt Killer. Okay. <laughs> Hyatt oh, Killer. Boy. Hyatt Killer. This oh, is a story. Okay, so uh, I was working for uh, Assault Championship Wrestling in Connecticut, which was Jason Knight's company. Jason mm-hmm. adored me. I adore him. Love them. Mm-hmm. So this is my second show with them. Uh, and I just had the cat fight with Francie in the first show. So he's like, Fox, I don't want to do this to you. He's like, but um, I need you to fill a spot. I'm like, all right, cool. What is it? He's like, well, it's a bra and panties match against uh, Missy Hyatt. I'm like, oh, but yay, Missy Hyatt. Because I didn't know. Right. My elbow. I didn't know what happened to Missy. I didn't, you know, lacking the internet. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. So... I'm like, ugh, Ron panties. He's like, no, 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 but you're not, you're not gonna be, you're not losing, you're not winning, sort of kind of. He's like, it's complicated, but you're keeping your dress on. I'm like, oh, thank fucking god. <laughs> so, you know, I'm all excited. I'm like, ooh, I get to work against Missy Hyatt. This is awesome. And then maybe about ten minutes before the match, she shows up. Wow, sounds about right. Intoxicated. Oh, like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I get it. So we called like a stupid quick little thing because it's brawn panties. It's Missy Hyatt. I'm the heel, whatever. So yeah. I go out. They announce me. Fine. Uh, ring announcer was Joel Gertner. He announced Missy Hyatt next. She comes out. She's like, the match can't start yet because I forgot my underwear. And she goes to the back. I'm like, this is instant heat. This is awesome. No, she forgot her underwear. Oh crap! Legitimately, forgot her underwear. So Joel and I are just waiting. That drunk, huh? Yeah, for her to come (laughs) back. Meanwhile, the crowd is turning. They're now loving me, and they're hating Missy. And I'm like, "Fuck! This is not how this is supposed to go." No matter what I'm saying to this crowd, they don't care. They love me now. So Missy finally comes back. We it was super quick. I speared her. I ripped off her dress, but the one who loses her dress is the winner. Blah, blah, blah. Crowd still turned on her completely. And later on, 
Jason let me redeem myself and manage a match. And when I had come out, the crowd started chanting Hyatt Killer. Wow. So throughout my, it gets a little bit better. So throughout my entire time working in Connecticut, anytime I had a show, Mm -hmm. the crowd would call me the Hyatt Killer because it spread that far. Spreading so far that I was hanging out in uh, my attic with uh, my then friend, Becky Bayless. And she was on the phone with um, like Colt Cabana and a bunch of the Chicago guys at the time. So they're like, where the fuck are you? Who are you hanging out with? And she's like, oh, my girl Foxy. And they're like, the Hyatt killer. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, that's me. That's funny. Yeah, that's, that's me. me. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yo>, what? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. There's the Hyatt Killer story. (laughs) You're a legend. Wait for it, Derry. Yeah. Does Becky Bayless still wrestle? No. 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 (laughs) She said with attitude. Uh, (laughs) Thing off of it. No. No. When when she stops doing the whole cookie thing with TNA, I have no idea what happened to her. Okay. That's what I'm looking up now. Well, we know what's going to happen to you uh, this coming Saturday. For the first time in 12 years, you're going to walk that aisle. I am. Looking at only you can look. <laughs> Brian, the, together again for the first time, um, you and wrestling. Um, you never said never, and that's why you're, you're back. And yeah. we are so excited for you and uh, because of you that we're talking about we're already talking about when you're going to do it again and you haven't even done it yet i know right <laughs> you, might, you might text me later go i'm never doing that again fuck that <laughs> no not a chance well in your best foxy foxy plug the show in my best foxy foxy plug oh the oh the show i'm like what yeah, show, show. We're yeah. on the you, show. You, know, you know the stuff we're talking about it's look it's been podcast. a while okay you, you guys gotta forgive me when i was doing this social media and podcasts and twitch did not exist i didn't have to do any of this stuff okay so this is this is like a whole new realm first world right? problems yes so okay I'm, might, might I just say, back in my day, they also didn't really rarely let me cut promos, but now with social media, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. So let me pull up all of the information because I don't know it all hands. So uh, to anybody in and around the area and or willing to travel to Westville, New Jersey, the Skid Row Academy at 1030 Delcia Drive, Unit 4, come on down to IWA Vintage Pro wrestling, you get to see my wrestler Cade Lothbrock make his debut, but more importantly, you get to watch me make my 12 year return ringside. Holy crap! Can't wait! I can't wait. I'm gonna need somebody to video that. We're gonna need to talk about it on Nerd Herders. I can't wait. And where can people follow you on? Oh God, yeah. No, you're gonna need. We're gonna oh, need I an know. update on that one. Uh, your social media, please, Foxy. All right, everybody can follow me on all social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, what have you, 
at Viva Foxy Foxy. That is V-I-V-A-F-O-X-Y-F-O-X-X-Y. You get to see pictures of coffee and cats and some wrestling stuff and throwbacks and random musings about music. When I'm on Manic Mixtape with this lovely fellow Dan Calachico, as well as well, I'm, I'm doing Nerd Herders on the same channel with Dan Calachico and Craig Lugans and my husband, Damien Dragon. He's been puffing up in the chat. I hope you know that. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> no, Foxy Foxy. My favorite belly sneech. Hey, wait, before you go, uh, Craig, Craig just brought this up. So I, I, the book, what's the status? Update. Craig wants to know. We all want to know. Update. Let's go. Okay. Uh, update on my memoir. Tell me who I'm supposed to be, which is about my years in independent wrestling. Um, we are in the final draft of the final section of that um however uh the epilogue that i originally wrote for it is gonna end up being expanded now that yeah i guess it's changing now (laughs) yes uh the original epilogue that i wrote for the book is still there but now i'm adding one of those dot dot dots and then there's going to be final chapter little sunshine and then basically the events that led up to Saturday into whatever Saturday entails. Encapsulates. Wow. And yes, that is the new little moniker, Little Sunshine. Little Sunshine. Thank you, Ghost. (laughs) Thank you, Ghost. (laughs) They totally inspired that. (laughs) Call you or? Totally. So the continues. Little Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. That was the lovely, lovely Foxy Foxy Little Sunshine. I know the reference. If you know, you know. Listen to Ghost. Uh <laughs> Craig, before we go, uh let's since we talked technically about today in wrestling mm-hmm. uh with Foxy Foxy, why don't we talk about, you know, what's happened in the past? Take us, Professor, in the time machine. Well, you know, the beautiful Foxy Foxy talked about how her, her humble beginnings of being a wrestling manager uh, happened way back in WrestleMania 7. Well, um, wrestling, there was wrestling before that, though, kids. Um, that didn't happen in giant stadiums in Toronto. It happened in uh, high school gymnasiums, coliseums, um, Catholic youth centers, all across this great nation of ours. Back before with sports entertainment, it was called professional wrestling. This, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. Um, we're going to go back 22 years ago this week on April 10th. A very special or a packed uh, WCW Monday Nitro in Denver, Colorado. Uh, quite a few things happened uh, behind the scenes leading up to this Nitro. This was. Um, the first Nitro, where it was booked by Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. This was their first Nitro back in Russo, had, uh, Bischoff rather, had just returned to WCW. Uh, and they talked about the old boys network and the new blood. And they vacated all the belts. Uh, this yes. um, Kevin Nash was doing a promo. And he was attacked from behind with a crutch by of all people the ecw heavyweight champion mike awesome so uh 
And there was a huge, uh, that was a huge thing because it was, his name was said on the air, that's Mike Awesome from ECW. Um, but they were told not to do specifically. <laughs> there were, the, the amount of machinations that went on behind the scenes leading up to Mike Awesome appearing on Nitro because they were under conditions because Paul Heyman, who owned ECW, was busy faxing the home offices of Turner Broadcasting, faxing copies of Mike Awesome's contract that said he is ECW champion and he still has a contract with this organization. And so the idea was there would be three things that would be agreed upon between about Mike Awesome coming on WCW Monday Nitro live. They would have to mention ECW, mention that he was the ECW champion and the belt, and also plug his upcoming uh, ECW title defense in Indianapolis. Well, only one of those things happened. They mentioned Mike Awesome and ECW. But there was no ECW championship belt, and there was no plugging of his upcoming ECW title defense in the Indianapolis. Uh, he, and what happened after the end of that, uh, ECW got cash. And um, one of the other conditions was that Austin was not supposed to speak. The ECW belt would not be seen, and they would plug his title defense. They didn't plug his title defense. There was no ECW belt, but, um, but Mike Austin spoke. So that was violated. And, um, just, what a cluster F, man. Cluster F. But that all led up to the uh, ECW Monday Nitro uh, in Denver. And in next week's story, we'll talk about uh, the Mike Awesome's ECW title defense in Indianapolis that would make wrestling history, um, as in WCW wrestler would challenge a WWE wrestler for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. But that's a historian for another time. Uh, April 11th um, would have been the uh, 79th birthday of possibly the toughest wrestler uh, ever to be the NWA champion. The man who I always see synonymous with the 10 pounds of gold and maybe the best wrestler on God's green earth. Happy belated birthday to the late great Harley Race. Just the, I only knew Harley Race as when he was managing Sid and Vader, right towards the end. And mm-hmm. even then, the aura and specter that was what Harley Race was to wrestling. He carried that with him, and he was despicable as a manager. Yeah, <laughs> despicable. I won't even bring up the Ron Simmons thing because it's like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harley Race is one of the greats. Period. Not one of the great. He might. I would argue he's one. He's. <sighs> He'd be one of those guys that you would take in a conversation about five or six guys that he was the greatest. No, he was the greatest. No, he was the greatest. He is my my favorite NWA champion of all time. Um, The the belt that he, the NWA belt that he wore, I always think of that. When I see it, I think of Harley Race first and, you know, no one else held it more than anyone else and more time than anyone else. The reason why it became something because I saw Ric Flair holding the belt that Harley Race made famous. 
and Harley Race, even with Ron Simmons getting that old school heat because he knew how to be a heel more than anything else, just because of who he was, of how he talked, and his 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 promos weren't the greatest because they didn't have to be. He was Harley Race. He would come on for 30 seconds in whatever territory he was in because he would come into town to to challenge whoever the number one babyface was in that territory, uh, whether it was in Florida, Dusty Rhodes, or Georgia, it was Tommy Rich or Mr. Wrestling 2, when he dwelt through the Valley of the Von Erics in, in Texas, he'd just come on because Harley Race is the NWA champion. Harley Race is coming to town, so who's going to challenge him? And Race would just come on. It doesn't matter who it is because this 10 pounds of gold means I am the very best wrestler in the world and whoever i walk in this walk in the ring with i'm gonna be walking out as the best wrestler on god's green earth and that's it and that's all you have and he was yes never raised his voice never made any idle threats he would just be that the guy and flair you know when i you know when i see you you're not gonna look so pretty anymore and you believe it because it was hardly raised Highly race, uh, still the only man. You know, we talked about people that have slammed Andre, and you know, it wasn't just it, there was people that slammed Andre before Hulk Hogan, people that slammed him after Hulk Hogan. Highly race is the only man, and this is on YouTube, folks. I might put this as a homework assignment. That slammed Andre the Giant outside the ring on the concrete floor, and won them out. It was a two out of three fall match for the NWA Heavyweight Championship in Houston, Texas. And Harley Race body slammed Andre the Giant on the concrete floor and won the second fall back by count out. He's the only man to ever do that. Um, again, YouTube it. Harley Race strong as a mother effing bull. Um, to break fingers with, you know, with just these two fingers. Um, just a guy you didn't mess with. Um, nope. <laughs> and one of the reasons why he was champion for so long. And Race always had a lot of pull. He had say on who would be champion and who he would put over. Uh, whether it was and for five days as a favorite Eddie Graham for Dusty Rhodes, or a week in Georgia as a favorite Jim Barnett for Tommy Rich being the NWA champion. Uh, and he was a guy that pro- that was very vocal in saying um, after he passed that uh, David Von Erich would have been. A hell of an NWA champion. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. It's no secret now that the parade of champions in May 6, nineteen eighty four, that was supposed to be David's moment. Um, they had already set up um, for uh, David to go over Flair, but Harley was one of the guys that you know he saw in David. You know, nothing against Kerry or Kevin, but David was a guy he saw as the um, the best one, and also. He was someone that uh, had pulled the end of your way. He's the one that said that he didn't think Ted DiBiase was ready. You know, I've mentioned yeah. on this very podcast um, in 1980 during the annual NWA uh, Board of Governors meeting in, in uh, Las Vegas, a, a meeting that Vince McMahon Sr. and Jr. attended to decide who would be the, end of the new NWA champion. They wanted to go younger. Um, so on the short list was... Um, Ric Flair, David Von Erich, and Ted DiBiase uh, to be the next NWA champion. 
And while Ted DiBiase was a, the darling of St. Louis because he had proven his worth in St. Louis, the capital of professional wrestling at the time and the home office of the NWA champion. And Harley liked him. Everyone liked him. And Ted had already beaten Dick Murdoch. He'd beaten Ken Patera. He'd beaten Dick Slater. He'd beaten all the, you know, great NWA guys, beaten, you know, Ric Flair before Flair was champion. But Harley just didn't think he was ready, even just for a small run in St. Louis. You know, it's like, I'll hold it for a month and I'll come back and I'll take it back from you. And Harley said, no, there's nothing against Ted. He just didn't think uh, he, he was the guy uh, to, to take it. Um, but he was um, a man's man in every sense of the word. Like I said, my favorite NWA champion of all time uh, would have been uh, 79 today. Uh, happy belated birthday to the, the great Harley Race. And today in pro wrestling history, oh my God, I'm getting old, Dan. 42 years ago today, because I know exactly where I was. I was right here in the beautiful air-conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum where I got to watch Ivan Putski and Tito Santana lose their WWF Tag Team Championship to uh, a team that would go on to be synonymous with the belts. But their first win, their first WWF Tag Team Championship win took place 42 years ago today in the beautiful air-conditioned spectrum because their legacy is still felt to this day, Dan, 42 years later. Well, on this day in April 12, 1980, Appa and Sika, the Samoans, won their first WWF Tag Team Championship. Amazing. How many years ago today? 42 years. Dude, I just I just wanted you to say that so you can feel old again. Oh, I don't have to feel old again. I can never I continue <laughs> to feel old. Uh, but in 1980, Alpha and Sika won the uh, their first WWF Tag Team Championship, the first of three. And here he is. We are 2022, and the Usos, uh, the grand nephews of Alpha and Sika, Roman Reigns, Dominant. the son of Sika, is now the unified WWF Heavyweight Champion. Uh, if you're fans of Young Rock, uh, show that aired um, tonight, um, they had a subtle nod to on this week's today's episode of, of Young Rock that aired as we were recording this podcast. Rock Rocky makes the decision to go into wrestling. Dwayne Johnson decides he's going to go into the family business of being a wrestler. And while I love Young Rock and I love Dwayne Johnson. This show continues to defy time and space in that it is absolute, <laughs> complete fiction. So they're watching in this, in tonight's episode of Young Rock, they're watching the Royal Rumble in uh, 1993. So Rock is on the couch with Alpha, the aforementioned Alpha and Sika and the Iron Sheik and uh, the Tonga Kid. And they're giving praise to Yokozuna, which is great. And he said, look, that's, that's Rodney. He's he from Japan. He's from San Francisco. And this little kid, Sika's son, is running around everyone. And he grabs his Uncle Rocky in a headlock and said, Rocky, wrestle with me, wrestle with me. And he's jumping up and down in front of the TV. He said, someone wrestle me, wrestle me. And he grabs young Rock in a headlock. And he looks at his 
father he was trying to get his attention and he goes acknowledge me what? and what? yeah oh yeah that's my cousin Joe he would you know him now as Roman Reigns so God, Jesus well <laughs> at least it's not too corny no not like having the Samoans and Andre the Giant and Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat and Junkyard Dog and Sergeant Slaughter all wrestling in Hawaii at the same time for Rock's mother. No, that's completely plausible. Ah, shut up. Let me enjoy it, will you? <laughs> I haven't talk. watched one episode. I don't care. <laughs> okay, well, then you don't want to see last week's episode where when Rocky Johnson legitimately wrestled in Memphis in 1987. But the announcer, when Rocky was wrestling against Jeff Jarrett, okay, who was a rookie then in 1987, but in this, mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett was a heel, and the match was being called by the announcer in Memphis, Jerry Lawler. Yes. Yeah. That's a little, f- uh, okay. Yeah. Well. But 42 years ago today, Afonsika, the original Samoans that started all this mess, Mess being the uh, Samoan legacy, uh, the only royal family still intact in wrestling, despite what the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes says. The Samoan dynasty is alive and well and bore fruit 42 years ago today when Alpha and Sika won their first WWF Tag Team Championship. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. And you can follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. You can follow me on Twitter. I should make my screen name my name so people could be forced to spell it. Uh, <laughs> follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snap. No, I'm not on Snapchat. Yeah. Where yeah. am I on Snapchat? No, follow me on all social media platforms. Daniel 83 YouTube. What? Are you still on Grinder? I cannot oh. confirm nor deny. Um, okay. Dan Law eighty three. <laughs> uh, YouTube Dan Law eighty three. <laughs> Go to your podcast app on your phone. Type in HIC Talk Radio Network and subscribe. Listen to all the episodes there, please, and give us some feedback for Craig Lagans and the beautiful and amazingly talented Foxy Foxy Little Sunshine. I am the other guy. Dan Calchico. Next week, the Dean of Credibility, Omega Squad Chris Green, Craig Lagans, and myself celebrate the 10th anniversary. 10 years! H-I- 10 years! 10! We'll see you then. Good night. Good night.